Comedy LOL Podcast Network. There we go. All right, everybody, welcome. Why don't you know? Why don't you open this show and say hi, and then I'll and then bring me in for the quote. You want to do that? Oh no! I okay. Don't. Hey, everybody, welcome back <laughs> to the Tarot Bull Podcast. It's Brandon. I'm here again with Ashley. Say hi, Ashley. Hi. Hi. Good morning. And we are here with a quote once again, and it's going to sum up everything we're talking about. But the quote is by Alan Watts, and it goes: "Everything that fights against the body and death becomes death." And I love it because it sets up uh, what we're going to be talking about today perfectly because we're going to be talking about the death card. But before I jump into that, let's just talk about that quote. Yes. Um, so I think it's kind of, you know, you're setting yourself up for failure if that's what you're focused on. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a great way to look at it. Another way that I like that I look looking at it, it's very similar, but it also is if you ever if you're trying to deny death or the fact that you're going to die or if you waste all this time trying to uh, make yourself look younger or youthful or go after that or just try to live forever in all those efforts you're killing yourself you're draining the life force out of your body instead of enjoying the moment in life you're uh you're worrying about the future the reality is you were born to die that's right so we're all not not to be morbid and and Something that I kind of want to share with our audience is after I feel I, I've lost a lot of my fear of death, and since I have, not that I that not that I want to die, or I you know I know it's going to suck, but the fact that I'm more okay with well, it. Well, you now, don't know it's going to suck. It might not suck. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just saying there's probably going to be pain or whatever. Um, but what I mean, what I'm saying is that once I lost that fear, it's enabled me to just have such a better life because a lot of anxiety actually comes from fear of death. And I've, I've been trying to tell this to people that are anxious, but they don't like to hear it. <laughs> so I guess we could just use the cards and, and metaphors, but that's really what it is. A lot of times people get anxious and they, you know, they have all this worry and, and trouble and it ultimately stems from just a fear of death, not just a fear of death because I get it. I find that a fear of death is like a very juvenile, immature fear to have. And it just stems from like fear of the unknown. I mean, there's literally everything is unknown. Yes. You don't know what's going to happen in the next hour or the next day, um, but you don't live in fear of those things. Well, so, yeah, you're right. Some people do, and to some extent we do, but I think it really is just a, a reflection of our society overall. And I, you know, people say we're such an advanced civilization, but I would beg to differ, maybe technology wise, but I think as far as psychology and the way we treat each other you know i don't i don't see us as being super far advanced <laughs> in that way you know we're very, we are very juvenile society overall and i think that there's a fear of the finality of death but the reality is no one has with the exception of potentially jesus christ died and come back <laughs> so how can you fear that there's a finality there it might not be final could go on to something amazing yeah exactly all right so let's get into what we're going to be talking about today we're going to do another two card comparison looking at two different cards not the ones that we did last week and today we're going to focus on the fool and death all right so really quickly i want to ask you before we get into this yeah. i chose death but i think we had talked about this before so it wasn't exactly all my choice but before i said that and um recommended to you i was thinking of the fool but what made you think of the fool 
Um, I just feel such a connection to that card. I feel like it can be like blissfully ignorant, which is how I kind of go into a lot of situations. Um, and I think that there's a misconception because when someone is called a fool, it makes you think that they're not smart or, um, but the reality is it's just something fresh and new. And there's, there's definitely something to be said about going into things like that, not thinking that you know it all. All right. That's, I love it. And um, for me, I feel like when I first just started to get into tarot, which was only a couple months ago, and that's why it's kind of funny because I am a tarot newbie. But that's why I wanted to do this podcast so I can learn as I go along and teach people who maybe know less than me or right at that amount, uh, at that limit. But um, it was a card that really called out to me when I first started doing this. So that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it. it just I just identified, and- just similar like you're saying, I really identified with it. I think that when I first started, which I got interested in this, I mean, years ago, but um, I was so against this card because I had all those preconceived notions of what it stood for and what it was. And I think I can appreciate it now that I'm a little bit older. Yeah, and I think that's great because something I've learned is if you are against a card or if there's something, a card that you have a problem with or you just you think there's something wrong with it, I've found in my reading that you should focus on that card and look at it and see what it is because it's trying to tell you something that you need to look deeper. So let's look deeper. All right. So if I'm just going to look at the card, right, the, my initial thoughts are it seems like a very positive card. I'm thrown off a little bit by the zero in the top um, just because I feel like it's so prominent compared to some of the other numbers of the cards. Um but when I, when I asked people about it or when I showed them this card or when it came up in readings, um, a lot of people had that idea of it being very fresh um, in terms of like new, looking at things new, but also very childish, which is something I aspire to be all the time. So, um, but they took it in a negative way. So those, I guess, would be my preconceived notions. But I do want to get into, and I'm going to say the same thing about the death card, and I wish I had said it last week. I think one of the biggest problems for me with this deck um, is the fact that these cards are labeled and then all those preconceived notions, regardless of good or bad, come up when you see the name of the card. Yeah, I think that's funny you say that because one of the things that led me into the tarot is the symbolism. And one of the things that led me to symbolism was was because of words. Um, And what I found is, and a lot of smart people have been saying this, that words can be changed the meanings can be changed and they don't always mean what they're supposed to mean but as far as symbols the way symbols work are it just relates the way you relate to it is the way it is so there's no nobody could get in there and try to get in between you and that symbol and interpret it for you as long as you're looking at it with uh with an open with an open mind as far and then if you're looking at a word it really doesn't matter it just depends on how you're raised how it was used but I think you said it's so important that you have to have an open mind. And I think a lot of times when you see, if I was doing a reading for someone else and one of these cards came up and they saw the name of it, sometimes you don't listen to what's being said because you're so focused. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I think the problem with the words are. So I think that's great that you picked up on that, you know? So. <laughs> All right. So um, those are just my initial thoughts. Do you have any initial thoughts or, or preconceived notions you had about this card before you looked into what it meant? Yeah, when I first looked at it, it looked like somebody who was just reckless and going off uh, without a plan and just running out and doing his own thing. Well, I mean, literally, that is what he looks like he's doing. He looks like he's about to fall off his cliff. Yeah, he's he's um, running away. There's a dog chasing him. 
So I kind of I thought it was just you know, you, and then you look at the word fool. So I just thought it was some some guy who's an idiot running around. It's so interesting that you said that the dog is chasing him because to me it just looks like how my dog is and like so excited, like that blind following of like I'll follow you anywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. I see. That's well. This is what I thought when I first looked at it, but definitely getting into it. I, we can get into the dog and all that too, but yeah, I love it. Um, but I'm just going for my, my background here of how my dog is. Yeah. So I just, I see how she is and I'm like, Oh, that looks like her. <laughs> uh, but I think a lot of things look like her. Okay. So let's get into, um, the symbolism on the card. So here are the things that I picked up on, right? So the name of the card is the fool, but if I'm looking at him, he's like really well-dressed. Yeah. He doesn't look like poor. He doesn't look like raggedy. Um, and I think sometimes, again, the connection that I made with that is that sometimes the knowledge that you want to have or, or experiences don't come along with having lots of money. So maybe he's really foolish because he's been provided for his whole life. Yeah, that's, that's a good... Um... And so he's, he's venturing out, but he really has no clue about how the real world works because he's been so protected yeah, and he has all he needs just in his little bag. And another thing about his his clothes too, if you look on the end of his sleeves, it looks like they're tattered. Mm-hmm. So I also I think the thing, especially because there's a zero here, and like you said, it's so big the O at the top. I think you can look at him as somebody who's about to leave on an adventure, or somebody who's actually coming home from an adventure. Maybe the dog is welcoming him, and just like and the so zero. And the way that you said that. Because- because sometimes they put this card at the end yes. of the Major Arcana. I prefer it at the beginning, personally. But Yeah, exactly. And, and from what I've seen, some people put it at the beginning and the end, and some people just use that zero kind of like it's a, open lo- it's a loop, and the fool is just the key. It's the beginning and the end. So he is the beginning of the journey because he's a fool, and then when he actually completes the whole journey, he's right back where he started. You know, he's still the fool, but he, he completed the journey – Maybe everyone thinks he's the fool, but for him it doesn't matter. He doesn't have to prove it to anybody. He knows he's been through it. Through it, he's been there. And I would just say, like you know, for me looking at it, saying you're always learning. It never stops. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. All right. So then let's talk about the the sun. Did you see any any symbolism in the sun in the background? For me, it's like high, not necessarily right up. You know, twelve o'clock. It looks like it's you know earlier in the morning. So I would go again with beginning of the day um so beginning of this journey there is illumination here so the the path is being lit it's not like you're wandering around in the darkness Mm -hmm. and i'm saying it's earlier in the day just based on a compass it looks like it's to the east i'm not trying to get super technical here (laughs) but but it's not i don't look I, i wouldn't say that it looks like it's sunset for me yeah i could agree with that definitely and um I also like how his back is to the sun. So you can look at that two ways. You can look at that as he's either being ignorant to the sun and the knowledge and he's not paying attention, or like you said, he's allowing it to light his path and warm him. All right, let's look at he's holding in his hand a flower. It's a white flower. Um, I was a little tr- uh, thrown off by this because it's like he's holding it so purposefully. Yeah, he's holding it like, like he doesn't want anything to happen to it. And it's, like, very important that it's, like, outstretched. So I was looking at it as, like, if he were to fall, right, he would want to try to protect this. So, yeah, it's definitely very important. 
So what does it mean to you, you think? Um, I just took it as like a protecting, you know, something that you consider to be important. This is a, if this is the beginning of the journey, maybe that's going to change. You know, the reality is if a flower is picked and it's in the sun, it's going to wilt. But we don't see that here. So, again, I'm going back to it being the beginning part of a journey. Yeah, I like that. So I'm saying it's very fresh. It looks, um, you know, maybe it looks like it's at like the peak of its growth. It's not like a bud. It's also not wilted. So then I'm going back to it being the beginning part of a journey. And the fact that it's white, I'm looking at it as being very pure. So, again, just tying all of it together of him being this very innocent um, wide-eyed, inexperienced, going on this journey, thinking he's going to find things out. So I'll look at it from the other angle, where as maybe he's returning from the journey, and this is the knowledge that he's gained, or this is some piece of wisdom, or something that he wants to share, and it is very important to him because he's holding it up for the whole world to see. And like you said, he's holding it very delicately and carefully. All right, now let's look at the, I'm going to say they're mountains in the back. So they're snow-capped, um, which to me, it shows that it's, again, not going to be the height of this season. If the sun was all the way up in the sky and it was later in your season, you wouldn't have snow there. The snow would be melted. So I see this as kind of that snow starting to melt, new life, new situations coming out. Very springy. Yeah, very definitely very springy. Um the way I like to look at it is if I'm going to stay in this current motif of him returning is that it's kind of like if you think of Moses coming down off the mountaintop, if you look behind him, it looks like he's coming down from a higher elevation. So if he continues his path, he's coming down. So maybe that flower is the knowledge, the wisdom, the law, whatever it is, he's coming to share it with these people. He's been on this journey. So, you know, maybe he was in solitude. Like Jesus went into solitude in the wilderness. Maybe he was out there for 40 days meditating, fasting, um, trying to find out, uh, find himself better, figure out who he is. And now we figure that out. So he's going to share it with these people. Oh, I love that. All right. Let's talk about the dog. <clears throat> Do we have to? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dog's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree there. And so, again, I'm just looking at it. The dog is also white, just like the flower. They're both on the same side of the card. And I'm just looking at it as, as being um, a little bit of like a follower. Um, but like the trust is there to kind of to follow him, knowing that he's going to either protect him or they're going to go on this journey or adventure together. Um, so I, I'm just going with the word trust, because to me, that's what it looks like. He looks really excited to be with him and not like he's like nipping at his heels. Yes, yeah, so um, if he was returning from this journey, this could either be his companion or it could represent friends and family that are excited to see him, excited to see him again, so they're welcoming home. But I know in some some decks, the dog is actually biting him or biting his leg, so it's kind of like maybe they're trying to hold him back. So it's really all up, um, depending on how you interpret it, but I like that the happiness of it. If you look at the Crowley deck in the, <laughs> or the Thoth deck. So if you're listening to this, you can Google it. There's the fully stand. He's kind of in the middle and there's a tiger that's grabbing onto his leg. So that's where that, that's where that, some of that would come from. I'm kind of happy that he's not biting him to be honest. Um, 
I like, I'm, I'm going to go with my interpretation against better <laughs> odds here of saying that it's very optimistic. And again, going just off what you said, like you're not alone. Yep. Right. Even though he might think that he's, there's only one figure there. He's got a companion. And, and even if the dog or the tiger is biting you, sometimes that happens. You have to be careful with this force. If it represents your family or your friends or whatever it is, you always have to remember that it, it's not always a positive thing. Okay, so if this were to come up in a general reading, what would you say? Well, um, would you be like, if this came up in your your card of the day reading? So if this came up in my card of the day reading, I'd be very excited actually, because as we were saying before, this card represents journey and changing and self discovery. This is stuff that I'm all about. So when I see this card, I use it as an inspiration to figure out what I'm doing. You know, first of all, I'll say, what am I doing today? How can this card help me? Am I going to do a podcast today? Am I starting something new? What do I have to get to be prepared? I should be dressed properly because this guy, like you said, he has these, he has this nice cloak, but he also has these nice strong boots on. He has his little pack. So he's got a cloak. It's not like he's going on this really long journey, but also maybe it's reminding me to not that I don't have to pack so heavy. Maybe I could pack light, take only what I need for that day or only what I need for this adventure. So that's something that I would definitely get out I of I would this say card. if it came up for me, it would be a again an inner reflection of to try to look at things from a different perspective. Which for me personally I know is sometimes very difficult. Um, but that can lead to new and interesting ideas and conversations and can fix any potential issues that could arise, right? I'm not going to say that the way I normally look at things is perfect. So to just kind of say, like, look at it from a different angle. And that can lead you somewhere potentially uh, very fruitful. Yeah, definitely. And if not, even if you look at something from a different angle and you find out that it's still crap, that's fine. <laughs> at least, you know, you you took that journey. You know, you went on that journey. It's better to know than not know. It's better to love and lose than never love at all. So I teach a lot of um, engineering classes and I always tell people if they make any kind of prototype and it doesn't work and I'm like, that's perfect. That's what you want because then you know, one thing doesn't work. Yeah. You don't have to try it again. Yeah. It's, I think it's key that you're okay to fail because I think we were talking about this last time, but you can't succeed unless you're not afraid to fail because then you're just, you're just motivated by fear. If you're only doing something say whatever it is you're doing and you're an engineering, you're trying to develop this. If you're only afraid to fail, then you're only developing it out of fear, not out of love or, or fun or anything like that. I made fail, um, uh, an acronym and it's first attempt in learning. I'm not going to pretend I came up with that, but I use that a lot. <laughs> That's a good one. You heard it here first or maybe second folks. <laughs> Terrible podcast. <laughs> Uh, all right. So if this came up in a reading for someone and it was like a, a reading that was focused on relationships, would you again say that this is more positive or negative? Well, you know, it, it could it has like every card, it has both aspects. But I guess I could talk about maybe some of the negative aspects because we've been so positive. Maybe we could tell the person, you know, um, you have to emulate if you're looking for love. Have you gone on this journey of self-discovery yet? Or are you trying to find somebody else to make you whole? Because you have to be whole first. You have to go on this journey and then return and be whole before you could be a part of somebody else in a part of their life. Because if you're looking for someone else to complete you, 
I, I, in my opinion, it's not going to be very happy because if something goes wrong, then you're going to, you know, or if they're gone or you lose them, then half of you is, is, uh, you're not complete. You're missing. So it's better to be a complete person to merge with another. And I'm not saying if you get with somebody and you, you're, then you guys break up, you shouldn't be sad. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're a whole person and you don't have to depend on them for your sanity or for your judgment or any of these things, you're, you're much better off. Would there be a difference? you think if you were interpreting this card for somebody who was already in a relationship versus somebody who was. Oh single. yeah, definitely. If somebody's already in a relationship, we can look at this as it depends if they were having, I guess they would be coming to see me. Maybe they had some relationship problems. So this could definitely represent a lot of different aspects of that. I mean, this could represent their lover. Maybe their lovers out messing around on them, running around, you know? Um, I would say it kind of looks for me if if somebody was in a relationship and this card came up, I would say it almost maybe just reevaluating your position in terms of do you have blinders on? Yeah. Are you really seeing this for what it is, or are you just so enamored with this person in the situation that you don't really see the truth? Yeah, I like that definitely because that happens a lot. I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to this has overlooked something before or try to just let something go, you know, but you're right. Oh, right. You gotta, We've you gotta all been eyes. there. Look around, smell the air, the mountain air. Look at this guy. He's just, he's taking it all in and he's loving it. So, yeah. And I think there's something to be said, like you said, for, and I hate saying being alone because that there can be a combination there of you saying like, well, then I'm lonely, but they're not the same thing. Yeah. I feel that, you people, you know, there's different kinds of people. There's introverts and extroverts. So some people just feel more at home when they're alone or more comfortable. And some people need to be around people. But I think you're right. There is a amount of solitude that everybody should try to get if they can just to, to know themselves better. Because then you're not so afraid of it. That's one of the aspects. And that can actually lead us in, unless you have anything else on the fool, we could lead us into death and fear. Which death is the next no, card. No, let's do it. So... Yes. If you're not fearing, if you're coming from a place like I said before, if you're if you're doing something out of fear, then you're just you're living like a slave out of fear. And if you're afraid of death, it's the same thing. So now this death card, um, this is I think this is one of the biggest cards that gets people don't want to see. It, people think it's such a bad negative card. I totally agree. But again, I'm going to go back to, would they have that same reaction and perspective if death wasn't written at the bottom? I mean, at the end of the day, it's a skeleton in armor riding a horse on the, on the card itself. He does um, have a dead king under him, though. I mean, to, to That's fair. true. <laughs> or, I mean, how do you know he's dead? Yeah, maybe he's just passed out. Maybe this death guy gave this guy a little bit of, you know, uh, roofies. And he's coming in here to uh, steal his kids. I don't know. Who knows, right? Exactly. I mean, so <laughs> I think that when you see it, it and you see the word death, it's like, oh, my goodness. This, honestly, as we get into, like, even, like, the, the um, suit of swords, a lot of those, I feel like, have similar visuals of, like, oh, God. Um, but that's definitely, I always try to, like, calm them down. Like, don't think that. That being said, if, when I'm looking at the horse right now, there's, like, this thing around the horse and it's like a skull and then it looks like crossbones Where? that he's holding on to on the um like the bridle oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. so that would be pretty scary and, too i guess 
Right. So again, when I, I ask a lot of people about this card, um, I have not had this come up in a reading, but a lot of times I don't use this deck when I'm doing readings. I'll use uh, my goddess tarot deck because those cards just have goddesses on them. And so there isn't a lot of time, any kind of preconceived notions, because unless you're um, knowledgeable in mythology of various cultures, you're not going to know what they all mean. Um, so I ask, like, what are your thoughts on this? And a lot of people are like, oh, it seems like the end of something. So it doesn't seem like a lot of people were like, this means that I'm going to die or that someone I know is going to die. But I think a lot of times the end of something can be very sad or worrisome for people. Yeah, for sure. And I believe that that is the major, that's really what this card is trying to represent. And in the Rider Waite deck that we're, we're focusing on, it's, um, it is a little more drastic. But I feel that they drew it to be this drastic so it, hits you so you really understand so it doesn't mean that a person's dying but it could but also maybe a way of life a lifestyle something's going to change but it's going to be drastic they want you to know it's like a, a pivotal moment it's like the earth getting hit by meteor you know you're changing courses something's happening all right so let's get into uh the symbolism on this card which there is so much for me um just looking at it so let's start off by looking at the figure itself, the, if you want to call it the death figure. Mm -hmm. So he's sitting on the horse, but he's covered in armor. So what I do like about that is it's kind of a, a movement away from like a Grim Reaper and a cloak, but it feels very futile to me because you have this religious clergy person um, in front of the horse. You've got, if we're going to call it a king on the ground, you've got a knight and then it looks like peasants. So I, I was a little thrown by that. Um, and I would say it's like classes of people, but why would death be shown as like a knight then? I think what they're trying to show, what I see here is that they're showing that death comes for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a kid or a peasant or a king or somebody who is saying that they're a priest. Death and change is coming for everybody, but it also could mean that it's a good thing. You know, it's, it's good for everybody to change. Uh, what are your thoughts on him wearing armor? Do you have yeah, any? I think that they're trying to to say, or uh, what it symbolizes is that this is a strong force that you can't, it's a force not to be reckoned with if it comes towards you. There's no way to stop it. It's strength. It's strong. There's no weaknesses there. Oh, I love that. All right. So let's look at then the horse. Um, I, I thought the color of the horse, white, and death is, you know, clothed in mostly black. Again, I'm just looking at a balance there. So like you said, there is no escaping it and it can be good and it could possibly be a little bit negative, but there is that balance. Oh yeah, I like that. I didn't even put that together with the black and the white. That's great. Also, I like to note that they're clearly showing his foot and it's off the ground. Obviously he's on a horse, but that has a lot of meaning in itself too. We can get into later in the podcast, but always, always look for that, especially in the major arcana. Where are their feet? What's going on? His foot is in this armor but it's not grounded it's not touching the ground so he's this force maybe they're trying to say it's a force not of earth it's not an earthly force and even the the horse has one of its hoofs up so it's literally moving yeah. mm -hmm. right it doesn't stop it just keeps going things are always starting and ending yep and then um i'm not sure if you made a notation of the sun in the background I did. I was going to go to that right. next. So I've got go the ahead. sun and the moon. So I've got these two pillars that are on the um, 
I think it's the moon card. I feel yep. Okay. And then um, the sun. And if you want to talk about, you know, positive and negative, there's still that balance there, darkness and light, Mm -hmm. um, even though the moon can be very illuminating. Um, It's it's also (laughs) showing the sun that's setting. So that's another analogy for death because night's coming, night's going to take over. It's representing a change. Why are you saying it's setting? Um, From what I've read and what I've looked into in this card that's what they're guessing that it represents with the whole motif but like you said that's... it's right on the precipice it's right on the edge so it's half up basically and half down so it's representing yeah. that this is representing the exact moment of change so i would say if it was in a reading this is the thing that happens um this could be a rock bottom you know if you're say you're a drug addict or whatever it is or uh, what kind of whatever you do and you're doing it and it's not a problem and all of a sudden something happens and you see it and you realize I can't do this anymore. This is the death card. That's the moment. Boom, right there. You know what's so interesting is that if you're saying it's setting, and I also read a lot of interpretations that said it was setting, but I'm going to disagree because I'm looking at the direction of the where the sun is located. It's located on the right-hand side. Again, if I'm going to my compass, that would be the east. It's going to rise in the east and set in the west, which would be the left side of the card. So why wasn't this card then drawn flipped? with the sun and the moon symbolism on the other side. Oh yeah. I see what you're saying. I think from what I was, I was just listening to this and they were talking about how esoterically. So like occulted knowledge, quote unquote. So hidden knowledge or whatever, I guess the way it's set up, that's actually the West, but in common readings, it is supposed to symbolize the East. So I guess, you know, depending on how you look at it, because I think if you line it up with certain tracing boards from Masonic, you know, allegedly, <laughs> the sonic lore, that would show the west and the, the north on the bottom. It's, like, inverted. Okay. Or I, I, I could be wrong with that, but, yeah. I mean, it's, like, that's the best part about the tarot. It's open to anybody's interpretation, so. And I'm honestly just trying to find, like, not saying that this is a more positive perspective, but um, to take away maybe some of the fear associated with death or ending, if you're saying, like, the sun is rising, that's going to illuminate all of these things and it's going to provide that warmth and that light. So it's not going to seem maybe as negative as it's setting where you're going to be almost left in darkness. Gotcha. Yeah. I like that. All right. So I also see a lot of water in the background. Yes. So there's like a little ship um, underneath where the horse is. It looks like on water. Um, and the King is also very close to the water. Again, it's not like on the water, but what are your thoughts on that? So generally, water is letting you is to signify that it represents a water sign or water as an element, which is very water signs are the water best. Signs, I yeah. mean... and they also represent <laughs> flow and change. They're they're generally not in one place, so it's usually moving. So that's how I interpret it. This is a change. This is something that's coming in. It's happening, and it could be you know any kind of change, large, small. And water is also very necessary for growth and new life, right? You literally, there is nothing alive that can survive without water that we know. Good point. Uh, So again, I'm just trying to, not trying to skew positive here, which is against kind of my normal perspective, but um, just saying like, it's good sometimes when things end, right? You can have something new growing from that. Yeah, definitely. That's really the, the, one of the positive meanings behind this card is that, 
you know, everything that dies is reborn and something comes from it. So it's not that it's bad. It's like a 10. If you're, we're going to talk about that obviously later too, but people say nine is completion. And also they'll say 10 is completion, but 10 is the kind of completion where it's like over and done. And then we're moving on kind of like if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, 10 would be like Frodo getting on the ship to, you know, sail off to the other after everything's all done at the end of the movie. Wow. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spoiled Game of uh, Game of Thrones. I just spoiled uh, Lord of the Rings for everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Let's look at let's look at um, the flag. Let's that the the death character is holding. Okay. What are your initial thoughts on that? I honestly was really thrown by that. So this to me it looks like the the pentagram, the five pointed starks. I see. Five points on the end. Ah, uh, yes. Five points in the middle. But it it's also, if you look at it, they're intertwined. So there's some that are, there's some where the pentagram is tilted. So that the one star is pointing down, which is supposed to be the like quote-unquote evil. Card. Yeah, the devil. And then if you look at the other flower inside it, the major one, it has two to the bottom. So it's, I think it's probably representing a an equilibrium between those two states. You know, maybe that's what it could represent. Maybe you're going from the evil star, and he's coming in to, to kill you, to make you a good star, whatever you saw. Or it could be the other way around, too. But again, let's look. I'm just going to go off the colors, and it seems like a nice balance of the black and the white, right? So like a yin-yang. Yeah, yeah, that um, plays into it perfectly. No, yeah, there's no one specific color, black or white, that seems to be dominating. It's a nice balance. Yeah, and that definitely right. goes in with the balance of the tilting of the pentagrams that you could see in there. So let's talk about the number of this card. Before we do, I just it's... want to talk about one oh. more thing in the card. See how yes. we talked about the king being dead, but it also shows the upended crown upside down on the ground. So death came through and knocked it over. And I think that could symbolize earthly pleasure or earthly gains or uh, things that we might be proud of or things when we're younger for example if say if you're young and you're super into baseball cards and then you go through puberty and you're sitting next to this girl on the bus then all of a sudden you don't care about baseball cards anymore so that's kind of that represents your old could represent an old habit or pattern that you held with the highest esteem. It was the number one thing. And then this death came through and just knocked it over and you don't even care about it anymore. It's just on the ground and you have other things to worry about. I honestly didn't even pick up on that, but just building off what you just said. Um, I think that it's definitely a great tie in to kind of leaving some of those things behind. Like maybe it's time to move on. from. Yeah. That. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, and you can't take it. I with totally you. stole that analogy from Ramdas, but that's another story. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> you know what? Sharing of ideas. Yeah, right? I just want to give him credit. <laughs> All right, so let's move into the number of the card. It's thirteen. Um, so I'm gonna get like real into this here because I was like, okay, thirteen. A lot of people think it's an unlucky number, right? So then it kind of really ties in nicely with the idea of death. Um, it's like, oh, this is an unlucky card. Um, but I think again, it's one of those, what does 13 actually mean? Yeah, it's great. So would you find out? Well, um, I did, I was looking through a lot of different things. I'm going to go the religious route here. And if we're associating these numbers with letters, 10 is J and three is C. 
And we're talking about my best friend, Jesus Christ. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, 13 is a huge, hugely important number, especially in esoteric uh, knowledge. Like, there's 13 months of the moon or 13, um, I think it takes the... Lunar cycle. Yeah, 13 lunar cycles, so it takes the month, uh, the moon 13... So that's major. A lot of part or a lot of where it comes from is that, and that's very feminine, very feminine power. There's also twelve apostles in Jesus, so that was thirteen people. Thirteen is really important in the founding of this country for some reason because oh, there's thirteen colonies. That that means that mm-hmm. for some reason everything on the dollar that's thirteen. We just say oh, there's thirteen colonies, but was there a reason for that? I don't know. It's a good uh, it's a good question, and I believe I don't know if you know this too. Friday the 13th is a big day because this is a long story we don't have time to get into, but back in the Middle Ages, the King of France invited the Templars, the Knights Templar, to meet with him because he owed him a bunch of money, and then he like killed and slaughtered a bunch of them, and that's where Friday the 13th comes from. So this 13 number definitely represents some kind of change or new beginnings. So just going off what you said about Jesus and the 12 apostles, see, now I didn't take, obviously I just said that 13 stood for J and C, if we're going to assign numbers to letters. But if I'm going off the 12 apostles, I'm going to also then include Judas as the 13th who betrayed Jesus, causing his death and then potential resurrection. Um, And one of the other things I saw was that on the Aztec calendar, they do a lot of... um, groupings of things in 13 13 day month mm-hmm. um so just going off of if i'm going to use all of these um like calendars every month ends but then what happens a new one begins yeah exactly and i have this book the mammoth book of lost symbols by nadia julian and i want to read what it says really quick about 13 because this is great Um, It says, in antiquity, even before Christianity, 12 was a perfect, complete number. So 13 indicated the beginning of a new cycle, a new life. From this, it became a symbol of death. To death was added to the idea of renewal, the end of one cycle and the beginning of another. What do you think about that? I love that. And I think it just ties in so nicely. It's like almost like they knew what they were doing when they numbered this card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, they were actually thinking about it. Um, There's a little more that's really good because it talks about the apostles here. It says, it was probably in memory of the Last Supper with 13 people at the table, the 12 apostles in Christ, that the number 13 took on its sinister meaning. The same idea can be found in the symbolism of the 13th major arcana of the tarot. This is death. So this is just a book about symbols, and they're bringing up the tarot, obviously. So, um, yeah, there's a tie-in right there. That's why maybe a lot of people think it's evil. It probably goes back, like you said, to Judas, exactly, the Last Supper. But you know what? If if you have studied Christianity at all, um, you knew that Jesus was created literally to be sacrificed, to, quote-unquote, save us all, right? So even though a lot of times you're like, oh, if that didn't happen. But if that didn't happen, he had no purpose. Yeah, exactly. There you go, Christian. See? <laughs> All right. Um, any other final thoughts on the death card symbolism? No, I think that's good. 
that's good for now. We're okay. going to get into it farther for the weeks to come. So, Cool. So if you were to have this card come up in a relationship reading, what would you say? Well, I would tell them that it looks like it's probably about time for a change in something. And depending on how they reacted, maybe this relationship is over. But it could also just signify that this part of the relationship is over. It could be a good thing. It could signify right. that your boyfriend and girlfriend days are over because you're going to be getting engaged. Or, you know, you're going to be getting married. You're going to take it to the next step. You guys are ready to go. You're not worried about those worldly things like the crown and being a king or who's right. You know, you, you just want to work together and move forward. And I think what's important to note, right, if you're doing this for a relationship reading is that a relationship doesn't stay the same all the time. At least it shouldn't. There's going to be different parts of your relationship. There's going to be different cycles in your relationship. The honeymoon period does not last forever. That's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're going to go through these different cycles and some might be better than others, but that's all part of being in a relationship. Honestly, having any kind of relationship with another human, romantic or otherwise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because unless it's just um, a face value, you know, skin deep relationship where you're just, hey, what's up? How's the weather? And that's, you know, there's there's no sustenance to that. So if you, like you said, if you do have any kind of relationship of meaning. It is going to change because everybody changes. Like they say, when you walk through a river, no man can walk through the same river again because it's not the same river and it's not the same man or woman. I'm not sexist. That's, yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's important to say, like, there's nothing wrong with saying if we're going to say a relationship needs to end. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I think back to relationships I had, like, more like my second serious relationship. I'm a totally different person. And that relationship needed to end. At the time, it was sad, but it needed to end for me to become the amazing human being I am. Today. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts on either one of these two cards? Well, I, I guess we could talk. Is there anything else you were going to say about it? Um, I just think that these are a great complement to each other, um, you know, to kind of remind yourself that if there is a situation that you're in that is potentially ending to go into the new one with the perspective of the fool. Don't carry all that baggage with you. Look at what he's carrying. Something very, very minimal, right? So you want to try and bring that fresh face, like wide-eyed, innocent perspective to anything new that's coming along. It's not fair to carry the baggage with you from anything else that you've had going on. Yeah, that's great. And if we even look at him as somebody who's returning from a journey, you could take it as just because you have all this knowledge and you've been around the block you have an experience doesn't mean you can't look at something with new or innocent eyes. Maybe that's the key. Maybe that's the secret because then you'll learn new things and you'll, you know, maybe you'll learn something that you didn't know you liked before. And um, as far as the death card, I like to talk about the, the Thoth Crowley version very quickly. So if you want to, if you're listening to this, Google it. Like I said, I'll put up the pictures on Instagram, but you could see there's, it's more of a, um, there's a skeleton and he has a scythe similar to the the death, the reaper. But if you look at it all, there you could see it looks like there's souls in these circles, and they're all interconnected by different lines, and they extend up to this eagle that's in the left. So I think it, what it's basically what it's telling me is that everything's connected. There's a reason. There's a reason he's down here gathering these souls. He's sending them somewhere else. He's putting them somewhere. They're done growing, and it looks like that's what's happening. Like if you look at the top of the spire where these there's those circles. They're smaller like eggs. And then as you 
go down, they get bigger, and you can see the souls in them. And then he's ba- actually really breaking them free. He's cutting them off this chain, off this cycle, so they can go on to something different. In the goddess tarot deck that I use frequently, the death card is a goddess, again, not associated with death or like the underworld. She's just someone that took her physical body when she passed on and took all parts of it, physical and spiritual, and gave it to other parts of the earth so that those things could grow and thrive. I like it. And then if I was going to say one final thing about both these cards, definitely back to what you said. um, Anytime there's a death it's all a cycle you have a fool and then you have a death and you know you have this person who you are and then you go on this journey and then to change and become a better person or a different person you have this cycle of death that you go through and it's just natural so don't fear it yes because good things can come from that definitely that was great. Well, um, do you have anything else you want to talk about or add to this? No, I'm I'm good. Okay, well, I got, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode of the Terrible Podcast where we talked about the fool and death. If you'd like to help or support this show, you know, I this is what I was thinking about the other day. You should go buy your own deck of tarot cards. And you know what you can do? You can go to ComedyLOL.com, click on the Amazon link, and then shop and buy a deck of tarot cards. And it'll help us out. It won't cost you any more but we'll actually get a portion of that sale, and that goes for anything you wanna that you want to buy. It's just like in a little commercial there. And uh, if you want to follow us, check us out on Instagram. It's terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L-2. And then I also just put up some videos on our YouTube. That's Comedy LOL Podcast. And everything can be found at ComedyLOL.com, all the links and everything. So if you go there, you can see videos of me talking about tarot cards and then ashley said she's going to put up some soon too so maybe you could see videos of her talking about it actually see what i look like (laughs) yeah all right talk to you guys soon comedy lol podcast network